0: hey Hey, sandy
1: so what is up what's going on how's it been
0: um i've been good i've been good we've got a new government installed so things are back to normal great government in quebec right so good (laughs) such a great it's a great government they're protecting the crucifix at all costs
1: i just want to say though we did pretty good we did pretty good in our predictions for quebec
0: We did. But we also had a show after where we said the exact same thing.
1: (laughs) Did we? You see, I'm so tired right now. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So there's that. Um, But anything changed since that last recording? Anything new coming out of Quebec?
0: Well, one of the things that I, I have been interested in is kind of how people outside of Quebec have been framing what's going on inside of Quebec, and specifically around the issue that we're going to be talking about today, which is um, how the Coalition Avenir Québec is using racism, Islamophobia, and xenophobia to to be elected or to be popular or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's early days of the government, so you know that's that's maybe something to discuss. But now, magazine had an article written by Bernie Farber where he was talking about how François Legault is the most Dangerous, I guess. Premier in Canada right now for hatred, and um, I thought that was pretty interesting, considering <laughs> what's going on in Ontario. Yeah, that's um, that's quite the claim. <laughs> 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 I don't
1: know about that one. I mean, uh, I think there was something in the news this week about Doug Ford uh, and his comments on Faith Goldie. So. Faith Goldie, of course, being the neo-Nazi white supremacist who is running for mayor of Toronto, uh, a race that I want no conversation <laughs> to happen about. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, I you know uh, Doug Ford clearly um, during the election and beyond has stoked um, you know the the I don't know I don't want to say rising tide of hatred. It's more like the 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 like more visible tide of hatred um mm-hmm. to for, to to win and to gain support and so on so I don't I don't know if Lego is the most dangerous I don't know if that's something we can claim
0: no we also have Jason Kenney as well that might become premier of Alberta uh, yeah but in fairness he's not premier yet no 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 for sure that is fair and he might not but be. But
1: fuck him too. Yeah,
0: like it's it's an interesting it's an interesting uh, game that I think a lot of Canadians like to play, which is who is the worst. And it's like, who cares? From my vantage point here, like for sure we have to do our best to kick Legault like sand into his plans, especially because um, one of the things that he did promise during the election, like he didn't really talk about the religious symbols issue during the election. That's been their their policy for a couple of years now, but it wasn't as if they ran on that. It actually, I don't recall it even coming up once. But what mm-hmm. they did run on was reducing immigration, and specifically they wanted to target and or they want to target uh, family reunification. And so I think that that's actually a really interesting thing to talk about um, in the context of what does that actually mean when we when we demonize immigrants and then make the family reunification program sound, like some sort of nefarious way of getting more immigrants to Canada. Whereas actually it's a really intelligent way to help people integrate by bringing in extended family members and community supports. And, you know, like it's just such a a bizarre thing to target. But anyway, so that's that, but this was, they, they promised that in the election. So we'll have to see what, what, what comes to be. But in the backdrop of all of this is of course what I'm, I'm seeing and hearing a lot of in Ontario Around um, people targeting refugees, like like actually going after, trying to cause harm, trying to scare, trying to intimidate refugees.
1: Which you know, I, I mean, Nora is talking about um, this uh, issue of uh, a hotel where many refugees were um, were using as you know shelter, as housing uh, for some time in Toronto that had been you know, a target for arson. And that hotel, when that happened, it didn't make the news for almost a week. But before that happened, there was at least one journalist. Should I say journalist? No. One columnist? No, not even
0: that. Propaganda. One person
1: with a diary called The Sun. (laughs) I don't really know how to describe it. But someone who recently lost a job at um, a radio uh, job at 680. Is it 680 that she lost it at? Or was it News Talk 1010? I can't remember. Anyway, Sue Ann Levy, who just lost her radio show, um, was writing about um, and whipping up xenophobic sentiment against uh, refugees and made it known to her readers that refugees were staying at this hotel and then it was targeted for arson. And it didn't make the news for almost a week, which is, like, fucking unacceptable. And, you know, um, besides people kind of calling that out on Twitter, I don't know if I've ever I – did, I didn't see any, like, article about how ridiculous that was, that it didn't make the news, uh, mainstream news, until um, journalist uh, Steven Zhu, I think, was probably the first or at least um, the first to do um, an in-depth investigation Um, on it.
0: Well, Stephen followed up, I think, on uh, a current segment. And so there was a week after this happened, the current had a journalist go to this hotel and actually report on what happened to talk to people. Yeah. Yeah but but it was so bizarre about the, the 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 segment and the segment was was excellent it was well done uh the the journalists talked to a lot of people living there talked about how difficult it is to live in transition like that cuz you know living in a hotel with a family gets stale really quickly and then of course what it was like to live through this situation where allegedly someone came into the hotel with a gas canister and set it on fire and this story went through um how I think it was custodial staff uh, saw it and they reacted quickly they kicked it down a stairwell the stairwell was like fireproof and they were able to put it out and so there was you know damage to like the carpet and stuff but there was no one that was mm-hmm. hurt and then after that like the only story that came up is that like they haven't even been able to identify the individual who did that mm-hmm. which I mean, like, do you do do we need any greater sign of where the police have placed their priorities? (laughs) Like, I I, I thought we Hmm. lived in a surveillance state. How how in the hell do you walk into a hotel with a gas canister, set it on fire and then leave and literally no one have any idea who you are? Sandy, do you think you could do that? (laughs) Like, um,
1: yeah, I'm going to go with no. And also for CSIS and so on who are listening, that's not something I would ever consider.
0: Oh, well, yeah, I don't mean would you. But I mean, like, I couldn't. <laughs> I'm sure that I also would be ID'd pretty freaking quickly. <laughs> Probably. <Like.
1: laughs> yeah. No, this is, it's, it's pretty fucking unbelievable.
0: Yeah, so the reporting on it has been pretty, has been pretty zero other than a couple of articles. And, 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 and what's remarkable to me is, you know, you've got you've got the city of Toronto, which is a city of such incredible contradiction. It's a city where the the gap between the rich and the poor is, is accelerating at a pace that I don't know if it's ever been like this bad in the post-war period. I assume it was probably really bad no. in like 1910. <laughs> I don't know anything about 1910, but I don't know. I hear people were really poor then and really rich. It's a good good pick of a year, <laughs> uh, and and so at the same time, it's like it's also a, like the the most diverse city in the entire world, and you've got a couple of neo Nazis running for, for for city council and for the mayor, and in this past week, it's been like story after story of of people taking Faith Goldie's side, right? Which is I also think is is incredible. So there's a couple of things happening. There's the, there's the rising <laughs> visibility of the far right. There's uh, the sophisticated in, the, in, in organizing and, and targeting and, mm-hmm. and carrying out acts. And then there's the propaganda wing, which is the Toronto Sun. And I think that, that tonight or today, depending on what time of day you're listening to us, you can imagine that we're like totally live. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that we'll, uh, that, we'll, that we, we should go through those three, how those three things interact mm-hmm. and how they help make possible more and more radical more and more visible activity while you have this benevolent like guy I just imagine like Humpty Dumpty from that old old cartoon of Humpty Dumpty on top of the wall and he's just like angry face he's like "Ah, it's like a cartoon from like the 1920s or something and he's like staring down and that guy's obviously Doug Ford (laughs) what because he's like just watching it all happen he's like this is perfect I'm gonna quietly Well, we can talk about that, how he quietly uses all this stuff or not so quietly uses this stuff to also put forward policies or cancel, you know, directorates uh, to um, to make sure that he does not have to even pretend to care about racism. Okay, but Nora, Nora, we can't actually be talking about like Faith
1: Goldie on this podcast, because don't you know, don't you know that if we talk about her that just gives her more legitimacy and then that that means we're playing right into her hands and and that's how she's going to win and now it's our fault because we've even mentioned her name guys <laughs> everyone just stop listening now okay just throw this podcast away
0: she's not Ruppel's dults <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was very funny <laughs>
0: thank you well the good news is that this episode is going to come out after uh John Tory has been reinstalled of the, as the mayor of Toronto
1: no Nora that's your prediction <laughs> I mean I thought what was gonna happen was no, no yeah you're right okay
0: yeah yeah <laughs> uh okay and that's a good point too Sandy why why do we uh why do we talk about the beast that has no name that should not be named Uh, Because, (laughs) um, like, (laughs) y'all,
1: let's let's just take a look at the landscape of the world and all things that have come before and are now existing, Um, (laughs) whether or not we talk about it. Uh, her campaign, the way that she's moving, um, the the support for fascism rolls on, yeah. okay? So we may as well come up with a strategy that's better than uh, see no evil because evil is amongst us. It is amongst us, and it is necessary for us to talk about it and to devise strategies around it. It's not like we can't just put our heads in the sand or say, um, you know, haha, ha. she's so funny in her um, ridiculous ideas of fascism that no one would ever take seriously. Because guess what, folks, people take it seriously. I think it's been shown worldwide and very clearly here uh, in Canada that people take it seriously. And so we as progressives also need to take it seriously and come up with a coherent fight back strategy. And a coherent fight back strategy is not being an ostrich. On a
0: cartoon. <laughs> or in real life, I hear they also stick their heads in the sand.
1: Do they actually do that in real
0: life? I actually don't know. <laughs>
1: Somebody uh someone look that up and tell us, please, because you know, <laughs> it's just not really worth our Googling time. No, that's really not. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: So Faith Goldie. Faith Bezos Goldie, be correct.
0: (laughs) Faith Golden Dawn, uh, (laughs) as I've been calling her on Twitter. Um, Because, of course, if you don't know who Golden Dawn is, they're the far right Greek party and she's Greek. And so it's all very it actually works very well um, as a hilarious thing to say. Mm -hmm. You, You were just talking about how we have to come up with a way to fight back. And that's actually why we need to talk about Faith Goldie, because. We like in general in the left only come up with good ideas when we have these discussions and when we debate. And if you don't talk about or you don't acknowledge the power that these people have uh, or the popularity that these people have, then you're not going to pick the right strategy to fight them. And and no one has had this conversation in a fundamental way, at least not that I have seen. Maybe there are smaller groups that are having these discussions. I don't know on the side, and maybe Sandy, you're part of that. I don't know. I'm gonna guess false
1: information. It's not happening. Continue.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, That, like, so she's running for mayor. She is uh, very effective. She's very smart, and she knows she did go to Havergal. She did go to Havergal, right?
1: (laughs) Which is a private, which is a private school in Toronto for those of you. It's the, it's the women's, it's the women's, it's the girls UCC Upper Canada College. (laughs) Which is where um, several really annoying white like prime ministers and politicians have been (laughs) to.
0: Yeah, that's cool. It's where you go and learn how to cook high class meals for the boys at UCC. (laughs) Ooh. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I don't really have any idea. I just know that it exists. I've never really met anyone from there. Uh, She's also got like a student award. I think that you probably also got at U of T. Sorry,
1: that I got. You need to slow (laughs) your fucking rule. (laughs) Okay, I didn't get any fucking awards from U of T. Are you kidding me? Proudly did not get a motherfucking Cressy award. Okay? No, I did not. Even though I did more than so many fucking students at that school. It's 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 an award for, like, your student involvement. No, I didn't win that goddamn award. Don't want it. Don't have to give it back because Faith Goldie got it. And because Faith Goldie got it, you should all know it's a bunch of motherfucking bullshit.
0: Do you know what's really funny is that we have the same awards at Ryerson. You have the Cressy um, Awards too? No, Cressy was at Ryerson as well, but I think at Ryerson it was the mock awards, which is kind of a funny thing. But it's a student leadership thing. That's a hilarious name. Yeah, it's a guy's name. So, you know, we can mock it, but i just did um so anyway i didn't get one of them either so i i i'm i'm with you like these institutions are more likely to reward someone who's about to literally become nazi barbie you and me (laughs) (laughs) okay so back to faith um So she, she's got like a little army of, of men and, um, and who knows, like by the time you listen to this podcast, she will have received, I don't know, what's your prediction? I'm going to say 5% of the vote. Mm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'd say 5% of the vote sounds, I think she was polling at 3%, like three weeks ago or something like that. So that sounds about right.
0: Okay. That's, and that's too much. That's very high. And she's played this really, really well. Like it has given her a platform um, in a very sophisticated way, she's got Clay Ruby working for her because, like, the major what networks the are like,
1: fuck?
0: yeah, I know it's like <laughs> so Clay, weird. man. Like, you picked the wrong side on yeah. this one. And so, so for those of you, you
1: who don't know, Clay Ruby is like a, f- a fairly famous human rights lawyer in Toronto, and this is very odd <laughs> that he would yeah. be representing her um, in the case. Like, she's taken. Rogers Media and Bell Media, I think, to court because they are not playing her advertisements uh, on their stations, on their news channels, uh, because there was uh, quite a bit of um, public feedback and petitions uh, from people who, you know, don't like Nazis. And they decided, as private businesses, not to play her ads. And so she took them to court and uh the wrong court apparently and then <laughs> lost <laughs> but is being represented by this human rights lawyer uh Clayton Ruby who you know is also being supported by like um Conrad Black who like put out his statement of like Faith Goldie doesn't
0: deserve this yeah yeah and we can we'll, we'll definitely like come back around to the role that the mainstream press has played because I believe that little screed was written in the National Post mm-hmm. that's right so how, um, how do we, how do we deal with Faith Goldie? I mean, like other than getting a sun cannon, which I'm not sure we've built yet. A what cannon? <laughs> do you say a sun cannon? Yeah, yeah. Just What's imagine a sun what that might cannon? Uh, you know, a cannon that points directly at the sun.
1: Oh, okay. Because I was imagining a cannon that shoots the sun and that didn't make sense.
0: So. Okay. Well, it kind of does, but she'd be... Do I have to spell this? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, how do we deal with faith?
1: How do we deal right. with faith Goldie? Yeah. Well, we don't ignore K-Go. her. Okay, no. go. Okay, go. Me? <laughs> you want you want me to deal with faith Goldie? Well, fuck. I mean, I have some ideas. They involve inviting her to my Capoeira class.
0: <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't ignore her, which is important. <laughs>
1: but what do we actually do? (laughs) Is this silence? Because neither of
0: us have any idea. (laughs) I have, I like, I have an idea, but it's just, the problem is, is that it takes so much work to get my idea off the ground that I'm wondering if people are looking for answers that are sun cannons and, and the like. I
1: mean, yeah, let's go for your idea first. Let's start.
0: Okay, well, so here's the thing, and we've talked about this on this show a lot. And Sandy, you're the like very uh, excellently placed to talk much more about this than I am. But the lack of movements in the city of Toronto that are anti-racist, that are pro-poor people, that actually like give people the inspiration and understand their power, like this is why you see the rise of someone like Faith Goldie, and so. While we also should take on her, uh, you know when she says the fourteen words or when she uh, says other things that are blatantly fascist or ethno nationalist, we should be we should be responding. But it's it's these social movements that are uh, are have not been able to grow larger than in a lot of cases are dealing with one-off issues. So you know, you've got like the fight for fifteen or you have rent strike campaigns, which are all great. But there's nothing that's that's broader that those organizations or those collectives or those groups of people could get then to meet with people who are doing other kinds of work. Although often in Toronto, it's all the same people as well, which is a whole other issue. And then it's like, okay, so then where, where is the space? Who who does have a large meeting space? That Who does have a large network of people that are connected to different aspects of life within the city of Toronto? And, and then, you know, you look at labor or you look at, at the left that is embedded in electoral politics in, a, in, a, in some way, and it's like, where are you people?
1: I've been thinking about the way that the left kind of operates in Toronto, and the way that we generally, and this isn't all the time, but generally the way that the left operates in Toronto is in a very responsive way to everything that's happening uh, coming from the right. Right. Um, which is which is necessary it's not it's not a bad thing it's It's good to be reactive, not to be confused with the word reactionary. people don't do that. <laughs> it is good and necessary to be reactive. People should be reactive when the when the right is is doing something terrible, but it's not the only thing that we should be. We also uh, need to be good at our uh, political education and making sure that we are uh, prepared to have the types of debates. And um, uh, and do the type of actions that someone like Faith Goldie being around demands of us. And what that means is that we are we are ready when she shows up to a debate on housing and starts punching people. Um, her people start punching people um, in order to get on the news and to, to try to claim that it's in fact her team that's being um, targeted for violence and so on. Like we know what these strategies are because it's not like she's playing out of some new playbook. So I'm just wondering, like, what's going on? Where is, you know, the, the media likes to talk about, uh, because they, they are grabbing a lot from the states, Antifa, But there's actually no organized anti-fascist movement that is showing up, um, keeping tabs on Faith Goldie and uh, making sure that she never gets to the point where she has some sort of video to put out about um, her showing up at these debates. And in fact, she counts on that because... She's, she's employed the same strategy for the last few months. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. She shows up with a small amount of people. It's a very, you know, very low energy, very high output. She gets to put it out to so many people. It gets to, it, it shared multiple times. It gets her new followers because people are like, oh, no, she's being censored. She shows up. She's like, why am I not on stage? Because there's 35 candidates and not everyone's on stage. Faith, like nobody cares about you. And But she says, why am I not on stage? And makes this big issue. Um, people start yelling. Um, people confront her. Her people confront other people. Maybe it gets violent. She has a video that she can now f- afford around to say, look how much people hate me. Look how they're trying to silence me. And ostensibly use... Um, tactics and messaging that has been used on the left in like the early 1900s <laughs> that worked for the left um, right now in order to seem as, as, as uh, in order to put out this messaging um, that she is being discriminated against and needs a human rights lawyer like Clayton Ruby to support her. But that is a like a a, a really constructed strategic way of moving that she's doing and it's an obvious way of moving it's very um it's it's easily confrontable mm-hmm. but we don't have like no one's doing the confronting on this like she she got into almost every debate <laughs> to do the same thing over and over and over again and it's like oh, okay so nobody just it's just like nobody cares okay maybe people don't think that it has the impact that it clearly has, like it, Mm -hmm. it, it works, right? Like that's why these fascists all over the world are employing the same strategy. It's not just her who's doing it.
0: And it's not just the mayoral events that, that make me, that make me worried. It's that we've we've got these videos that are circulating and that are seen tens of thousands, in some cases, hundreds of thousands of times of people, uh, you know, in this, in the case of the, of the, of the hotel in, the, in North Toronto, where there's many refugees living in it. When that video came out, like where, where are the activists to make a trip to the hotel and say, Hey, we're here in solidarity. Can we help you? Can you put us to work? Can we do something? You know, like, I, I don't know if that happened though. I suspect very strongly it didn't. And, you know, there's service-based organizations in all of these locations. Like, are there connections with those people who are seeing this stuff on the daily? Uh, are, are there people watching what's going on and saying, hey, Sue Ann Levy has said this disgusting thing. Let's make our own video to make sure people know that Sue Ann Levy is trash. Like, In some cases, like the, the solutions are a bit more difficult because like the individuals doing some of this work, you know, need to come together and then they need to be supported by other individuals and other groups and blah, blah, blah. And it takes a bit of time to get, you know, get to get people together. But there's also some really basic tactics that should be taken all the time that I, like, I know there's a lot of committed people that want to do something, but I'm not seeing that either. And you know, especially in the case of, of people living in a hotel, feeling unsafe, like have a, have a rally nearby or a collection of food for, for a, a dinner or something nice, have a nice gesture for these people. I, I suspect that hasn't happened. And I wonder why, uh, when something, when something is attacked, when someone is attacked, or a, 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 let's say a mosque is, is attacked, having a, a, a solidarity action on the terms of the people at the, at the mosque, and I'm using this as an example, because of course, in Quebec city, this is like always on our minds, doing something for people to build that community is like really not that hard and really step one. And then you start to hear more and more and more that like gives you those kinds of ideas that you need to be able to figure out how are we going to continue to fight this rising tide of, of hate?
1: Yeah, and I think, and I just want to pick up on, uh, you know, not just the rallies, but the other thing that you were talking about, like going in to support the communities, because this is the, the piece that I think that um, across the country that uh, a lot of uh, activist communities or, um, you know, uh, left-wing activists really um, don't know how to tackle it's like we don't it's it's like the the political imagination is actually really limited to just having a rally and there's more that you can do than just having a rally that can support uh, communities that are being attacked like this the rally is good like it's necessary it shows in the media um and and in the in the like historical account of what happened that there were people here who said absolutely not that this isn't something that we can do but there are other things that you can do to support a community and you know maybe that is happening and we haven't heard about it as you suggested and I hope that that's the case but um I do think that it's potentially not the case you know like part of the reason why people are staying at this hotel is because there is a lack of housing available and so, even that in itself shouldn't be something that's happening. So there's there's more that that needs to be um, demanded from the decision makers and the policymakers, um, you know, in this jurisdiction. And at the same time, perhaps there are services that um, a community of people who care about justice uh, can provide themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Then there's the role, of course, of the media, which is also a place where protest and where pushing back is completely possible, though you have to be a little bit sophisticated in how you do it. And specifically in this case, it was the Sun newspaper, the Toronto Sun, which has like slid very quickly into being a complete propaganda wing for the far right. Jesus. (laughs) Like... I guess, I guess I shouldn't be too surprised when, you know, the director of Rob Ford's communications moves on to be the editor-in-chief of The Sun. But the, the work that um, Candace Malcolm, that uh, Sue Ann Levy did, their editors and their editors' bosses to allow for that platform, and Anthony Fury as well. This is where like there should be a site of struggle as well and unfortunately it's it's mostly just relegated to to the online but like they are promoting hate. You you had you had Malcolm and you had Le- uh, Levy both take information that was not true and use it to write columns that riled people up to be angry and to express hatred for what happened in one of these hotels and it's the same hotel where someone walked in with a, with a gas can and tried to torch it. It's like th- the line is straight. There is a straight line between what they're saying and someone's actions. Now did they, are they responsible for it directly? Cause someone read their column? Like, no, we can be more sophisticated than that when we talk about a straight line, but the, the legitimacy mm-hmm. that the, that the Toronto sun is giving to these people is, is really appalling really appalling and, and, and we're not mm-hmm. really talking about it very much. And they're, they've been practicing for a long time to get this stuff to work. They've been practicing, uh, at trying to silence voices on the left in, and I, I know this in a very fucking specific way because Adrian Batra was the one that managed to write an, a, 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 an article about me that went, made, made me go Viral on the humble stuff, and I am still like to this day, every day getting. I got I got a disgusting message this morning that I'd love to send to Batra and be like, "Fuck you!" Still for this fucking nightmare that I'm I'm living in, and and they do this with with people on the left Mm -hmm. all the time, and and so once you get really like the hang of how do you put out an article here, then you get people to write letters to the editor saying the exact same thing, and then you have all your platforms retweet it, then you have people write subsequent um, articles about it then you can easily do it to actually put forward your really horrible, in this case, ethnic nationalist, anti-immigrant and anti-refugee sentiment. And it is fucking hate speech. It's 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 fucking hate speech. And it's like, has there been a rally held at the Toronto Sun's office?
1: Yeah. And it's like and they keep pushing the boundaries to see what they can get away with. Totally. And nobody nobody responds right like there's a, there's a few like uh, i don't know twitter flare-ups or something which like works for them they're like yeah our supporters love this shit because now we get to argue or whatever um which isn't to say that those things shouldn't happen but there needs to be more than that because there is actually no consequence well actually sula and levy did lose her job as I <laughs> alluded to earlier but i don't know if she lost it as a result of being a hateful piece of shit but you know um, or because people just don't listen to her on the radio, but they do read her shit, right? Mm-hmm. And so you know if they, they can continue to push the envelope and uh no you know if no one responds and there's no consequence to that envelope pushing, they're gonna tr- keep trying a little bit harder like their their goals are pretty clear mm-hmm. um and uh you know the some of those goals include uh, the elimination of support for for for, for refugees, asylum seekers, for the elimination of certain types of immigration, um, not all types, I'm sure, but certain types of immigration. Um, and you know, we, we know about the what a hateful rhetoric can do um, to, to communities. We see it happen regularly, um, certainly, to the black community, indigenous communities, for folks who are paying attention right now. And if you don't pay attention to those types of things, you know about it because of other communities who have experienced these things, either currently or historically. And so it's it's not enough for us to just look at it and think it's so ridiculous and laugh or to, to think that it's not possible to become more real because y'all, like, who thought that this world was possible when we were... I don't know, 12 or something like I'm trying to think of the last time (laughs) I thought that this was, you know, like an unreal manifestation of, you know, where we would be at this point in, um, you know, in history or Mm -hmm. whatever. Right. Like we just can't afford to allow these things to continue unchecked. And so that means that we do need to pay attention to faith, to Sue, to, you know, all of these really boring names and uh, do something um, that's more than just a tweet about how ridiculous it is.
0: So the election's over, which means that there's uh, hundreds of people who've just been working to get certain people elected, some successes, some failures, which is obviously what I've just done is a brilliant explanation of the future from the past. (laughs) Um, <laughs> there's hundreds of people who are now going. Oh wow! Okay, now I've got something else to do. Or, I've got nothing else to do because the election's over. Can you folks call like an emergency public meeting or something on this stuff? <laughs> yeah, rent in mean, Con hall, do something. I don't know.
1: It's expensive. Just have it in
0: a park. Do you have it in a park? Is it really that warm still in Toronto?
1: No. No. Oh
0: you want occupy to start i think it's the seventh anniversary of occupy the night that we're recording this there you go seven's a good it's a good number to commemorate
1: (laughs) (laughs) the federal election is coming up (laughs) right after right after the toronto elections or the elections throughout ontario because it's not just toronto are done um and post bc because bc just happened you know, the, the, there is going to be a federal election where all of the things that were tried in these municipal elections, in the Quebec elections, in the previous Ontario elections, you know, are going to be retried from every corner. The center is going to try to do what they did in the center better. The left is going to try to be better lefts. The, the right is going to try <laughs> to be better right. And the fascists are going to, are they the same now? Fascists and right? I think they are. there's like the lines are fully blurred but in any case the fascists are going to try to be better fascists on a federal level and all the things that are happening now are going to be blown up faith is not going to go away Um, Sue Ann Levy is not going to go away there's going to be a whole world of just some really fucked up shit that we're all going to have to deal with for this federal election and though Mm -hmm. you know I've got a bet with a friend of mine about who's going to win the next federal election. Oh, interesting. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of people think, okay, well, so the Conservatives have gone in in Ontario, and typically when that happens, that means um, the the federal government goes liberal. Like, that's the, that's the trend. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's going to continue currently at this point. But, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. Um, regardless, I, I, what I do know is the tactics... Of the right, of the fascists, of people who seek to use populism as a like, you know, um, a way to, to to gain votes, that is going to continue because it fucking works. Mm-hmm. It works, and so this isn't going to get better. It's going to get worse. So, like, are we just going to continue to, you know, just not be effective in our fight back, or are we going to do something real? Like, this is. Uh, you know <laughs> this, is, yeah. this is real like people will you know as a result of whatever policies uh, ford puts in the policies that lego puts in of conservatism people people die as a result of these policies people die as a result of of liberal policies you know like th- this is this is real shit um mm-hmm. i don't know like we can't we can't afford to just allow people to, to, you know, do their propagandizing unchecked.
0: No, no. And, and the federal election, like while I I don't think that there's much of an opportunity to work within the parties, like the parties all have to do better, but I don't expect that to happen. There might be some opportunity for the NDP to do better um, as they're kind of on this slide towards taking bolder policy positions. So that'd be like, like a good slide. So that would, that would be nice. But at the same time as, as, as we're talking, like right now in Northern Quebec, in Nunavik, there's a suicide crisis. And there have been, Major. Um, there have been uh, more than a dozen people, most of them youth, some of them children, who've committed suicide. And it's, it's like the, the lack of action from the Liberals, the lack of effective opposition from the NDP. I'm not even going to talk about skippy there and his band of conservative chuckle dudes but it's like you are not equipped to deal with this misery and this suffering and so in the liberals case either you folks are actually evil and you use a veneer of kindness and you're actually evil and then we have to fight like actual evil or they are literally at a loss in how to do certain things and must be forced into doing certain things. And the same thing kind of goes with the NDP with less of the evilness because they've never been in power. And so this is, again, where people need to come together, movements need to come together and stop caring about trying to jockey around the outcome of the election and actually just talk about the issues and talk about the solutions. And force Andrew Scheer to take on a good policy from now, from time to time. And I don't mean force in their conventions. I mean force from the streets, force from the social movements.
1: Just be fucking real about it. Yeah. And also, like, you know, OK, I didn't really want to talk about the elections too, too much today beyond, beyond what we're talking about. But um, one thing that's relevant that's been really frustrating me about the Toronto elections is that we have to be able to recognize when there is like really right-wing policy that seems to be dressed really nicely. We have, to, hmm. we have to be able to recognize it. So this is just a tiny rant at the end of this episode about something that's happened in the Toronto election. So fucking John Tory, okay, he yeah. promised to evict the quote-unquote criminal element from social housing in Toronto. So what that means is anyone, uh, the, the you know, the sum total of his policy, which, by the way, if you check his website, like there's like zero platform, which is Power for the Course. He did the same thing last time. There's like two platform points, I think, and that's it. Everything else you have to like de- derive from the news, which is just the level of politic of, of Toronto. It's like such a fucking circus out here. Right. But it's like the promise, um, as he's explained it, is that um, – in uh, Toronto Community Housing, anyone who has been convicted of a violent crime will be evicted. Wow. I don't understand how this isn't front page news. I don't understand how this hasn't, you know, it generated massive protests about him. I don't understand how this isn't the thing that people have focused on because like I don't is it the case that we don't recognize what that means do people not know what violent crime is um do people think that that's something that's good like I don't understand and in a time when a city who that has a housing crisis that has a homelessness issue that has an issue with respect to shelter beds what they're going to do is make sure that you know if you're if you've been convicted of a violent crime if you're released from prison um, or if you're living in, in uh, housing right now, that you will be separated from your family, that you won't be able to reunite with your family, that you'll be pushed out of the city, uh, or what have you. But let's, let's talk about what a violent crime is. You know? if, if I, uh, for example, as a black person, am targeted by the police for arrest, And I, you know, maybe they jump up on me and surprise me and I, you know, respond by not easily going into handcuffs, like maybe just as a as a a function of reflexes that that can be. Uh, determined as assault against police officer, which a lot of activists will know is like the danger of doing activist work is that you'll, you know, if you, you're you're often told when you are trained as an activist, if you are lucky enough to get some sort of training to never touch a police officer or um, try to to get away from a touch of a police officer because you can be charged with um, assault on a police officer, which is a violent crime. So if you have been um, the subject... For example, of police brutality, you may not ever be able to live in public housing in Toronto as a result of this promise that no one has focused on. It's it's a discriminatory <laughs> promise. I just I I I can't believe that this isn't something that hasn't generated more ire and that's that's sort of thing um you know just as a culmination of everything that we've been talking about like just the sheer inability to recognize that as a, a, a like a a monumental shift that will have a monumental effect on the landscape of the city is uh is really depressing to me and i just i just don't know what that Means for where we're at as like a politically savvy or non-savvy fucking left in this country, in this city. Like I just, it doesn't make any sense. Had you heard about that at all? No, not at all. No. Yeah, it's just, it's not anywhere. I mean, the Sun is reporting on it as a really great thing. The Sun Mm -hmm. knows about it. They've been reporting on it for sure. Um, And right-wing pundits, but it's basically nowhere else.
0: Well, you know, journalists respond to when they think people are paying attention. And oftentimes you have to demonstrate that people are paying attention. And so organize, 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 get together,
1: be better journalists,
0: be better journalists. Obviously, there's that, you know, (laughs) I think we we (laughs) can finish every episode with that. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's so true. (laughs) Fuck the media. Oh, yeah. Well, good luck with Mayor Tory and, uh, and uh, we'll see you in toronto um everybody well you'll probably see sandy before me but uh, november 2nd don't forget
1: november 2nd we're going to be doing a thing it's going to be at ryerson it's going to be on gould street 55 to be exact um there'll be posters on the door so you can figure it out we'll also be at accelerate day
0: yeah and maybe the 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 episode will actually turn into like just a straight up organizing meeting
1: oh my god
0: let's organize
1: live yeah it'll be more fun than debating who's worse Bannon or from or both the answer is all of the above debate over (laughs) (laughs) organizing time